BCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. Thank you for joining us on Crosstalk, coming your way from VCY America. Ladies and gentlemen, we are a world in turmoil. We just wanted to take the beginning of the program just to say, please continue to pray regarding the the devastation, the loss of life from the earthquake that has now claimed more than 40,000 lives in Turkey and Syria. Uh, the, the damage, the, the grief, what all that's happening there, it's it's just cannot be described. Additionally, prayer is needed for New Zealand as they have just experienced great devastation from Cyclone uh, Gabriel. Uh, Gabriel, which uh, there has been minimal loss of life, but looking at pictures in New Zealand, the devastation is staggering. Uh, some have indicated that uh, the uh, North Island will never be the same again. We know that the war in Russia has waged against Ukraine is about to enter its second year. So many lives lost, so much devastation. And then we see what's taking place, as we talked about yesterday, with communist China. And for the second time this week now, U.S. jets have just intercepted Russian warplanes near Alaska. Sadly, as a nation and as a world, we continue to turn our back on God and hearts are being hardened. But with so much of our world in great tension amidst all of this, uh, it is sad to see that what we are doing, we're making sure our military is schooled on proper gender pronoun usage and critical race theory, diversity and inclusion, and so much more. Friends, the attack on the morals of our nation have not relented, but it's full speed ahead. Corporate America, the military, the entertainment industry are all on board. So also our state and local governments, the educational system, including so-called educational television. And sadly, the number of children that are being treated with puberty blockers and devastating, mutilating surgeries is just off the charts. Amidst this, it's outrageous that various governmental agencies are putting laws into place to forbid, forbid the counseling of children who have undesired same-sex attraction or have the mythical belief that a boy can become a girl or a girl become a boy. But ladies and gentlemen, there is a group that is fighting against this insanity and winning. Joining us today, we welcome back Constitutional Attorney Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Matt has three landmark cases before the U.S. Supreme Court. He has over 300 published legal opinions and has authored eight scholarly law review publications, many booklets and brochures, coupled with hundreds of articles. He's the author of several books, uh, including uh, Same-Sex Marriage, Putting Every Household at Risk, and Eternal Vigilance, Knowing and Protecting Your Religious Freedom. Matt is the uh, speaker on the radio broadcast, Faith and Freedom and Freedom's Call. And we'd like to welcome you back here, Matt, uh, to Crosstalk. Thank you, Jim. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Matt, uh, we know that there is great attack, and young children are in the crosshairs of this, and they're being indoctrinated from preschool on upward, whether it be through the uh, the uh, the specials that are on television for them or the library drag queen story hours going on in libraries or uh, mixed into the uh, curricula materials of schools. And uh, that when you couple that with guidance counselors who are telling children, you know, we will keep information safe. You may really be a girl when you're a boy, et cetera. Uh, really a troublesome time, is it not? It really is. You know, we have clients that we have represented. We filed the very first challenge to these kinds of laws that ban this kind of life-saving counsel going back to 19 or 2012. And we have uh, individuals that have indicated under oath that they were considering self-harm. They had low self-esteem. They had problems with their parents, with their peers, because they had problems with themselves. They were going through a confused state of time. There was a time where one of the young individuals said that he was thinking about jumping off of the balcony and just ending it all until he eventually spoke to his parents. His parents found a counselor. The counselor provided life-saving counsel so that he was able to overcome these unwanted desires or this gender confusion. And then the laws started passing that said, no, you can't do that. You can't give that kind of life-saving counsel. In fact, what you need to do is exactly the opposite. Override your client's decision. Override your client's directive and wish. 
instead of overcoming them, which is what they want to do, they want to eliminate this confusion, this unwanted attraction or behavior, you need to force them down the road to say, well, you know what, you may be able to change your sex. In fact, uh, you may not be a boy. You can only decide that, you know, in your head. It's not biological. And push these individuals down the road of puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and even mutilating irreversible surgery. That's okay, but anything else was banned. Well, in the last uh, short while, in fact, the most recent one was last week, we've gotten decisions at the Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit, which governs Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. It's binding precedent in those particular states, but it has persuasive precedent across the country. And these two Court of Appeals decisions have struck down these so-called bans on change counsel finding that they are a violation of the First Amendment free speech clause. So that actually wipes out about 20 of these particular ordinances or laws that were in those three states. But we're going after the rest because there's about 80 of them collectively still remaining when you add the states and the local jurisdictions. And we want to take it all the way to the Supreme Court, wipe them out across the country so that counselors can have freedom and clients can have freedom to get the counsel of their choice. The government has no business intruding into the privacy of a counseling room and forcing the counselor and the client to accept an LGBTQ damaging agenda. We were hoping that our defendants in this case, in the two different cases, would take one of these cases to the Supreme Court with the loss, uh, but they saw the handwriting on the wall and they were afraid of taking them to the court uh, we want to get one of these up to the high court and strike mm-hmm. these down across the country. Matt, I'd like you to address a term that so many of these municipalities are using. They use the term conversion therapy, and that's what they used here in the city of Milwaukee when they put such a ban in place uh, from the Milwaukee Common Council. And I remember the the hearing that went on, and, and one of the council members said, well, what is this? Are they using, like, shock treatments, or what is, what is this that they're doing, this conversion therapy? And and so that is that is the vernacular that is so often used in these ordinances. So address this issue of what they call conversion therapy. Yeah, they use this term conversion therapy. It's not a term that's used among counselors or psychiatrists or psychologists. It's not a term at all. It's a pejorative, politically motivated term and that has no meaning within the counseling world, but they put them in these ordinances thinking that it's going to conjure up all kinds of things. What's happening with this conversion therapy? Are you putting electrodes to their body? Are you snapping rubber bands on them? Are you torturing them? Are you giving them water torture? What are you doing with this? The first case that we had like this, and it had conversion therapy in the statute in California, and I argued before the judge. She said, now what, go- what, what happens in there? I said, you know, what happens in any counseling situation? The client comes in. Counselor sits down, they talk. It's talk therapy. They mm-hmm. just talk. The counselor asks, you know, what's going on? What's your issue? What's, what's the problem? And the client talks. The counselor tries to have a listening ear. The counselor is like a GPS. You know, you get in your car, you're the one who sets the direction. The GPS helps you to get to the objective. What if you got in your car and every time you wanted to go to a certain destination, your GPS refused to do it and and said, send you to the opposite direction. be very frustrating. That's what these laws really are attempting to do. They're forcing counselors and clients to go in the exact opposite direction than what the client wants to do, and that is to overcome these unwanted experiences. So this conversion therapy is a political term. In fact, in our case that we won came out of Tampa, the federal judge there said very clearly, he says, there is no such thing as this. There is nothing. They just sit there and they talk. This is talk therapy. So when you say that you can't have this kind of viewpoint or speech, you're infringing on a particular viewpoint on speech. You're saying that you can affirm all this stuff. You can push people to get plastic surgery and mutilating surgery and gender, you know, puberty blockers that will sterilize you. You can push them to do that. But if the client doesn't want it, and you're saying something different, you can't do it. It's a clear violation of the First Amendment. And that's, you know, some of the major things that come out of these two cases that we just won. So Boca Raton was one of those locations as well? 
Boca Raton, Florida, and Palm Beach County, Florida, they were together. We filed suit against both of them. Tampa, Florida was the other one. There's other cities and municipalities in Florida that jumped on board as well, but they're all gone as a result of this. We just got a judgment against Boca Raton, Florida. They'll have to pay damages to our counselors for eliminating that part of their practice for the last several years. They'll also have to pay attorney's fees and costs. We're still, we won against uh, both of them, but we, we also want to hold Palm Beach County responsible for the damage they did, and we're doing the same thing. We should be wrapping up uh, a monetary uh, result with regards to Tampa in the very next uh, few days or a couple of weeks at the most. So these are so, some... Some tremendous victories that you're having here, and now those victories are right now limited to the three-state area, is that correct? They're limited in terms of their binding effect to the three-state areas, but obviously there's not many of these cases out there yet at the Court of Appeals, and so it's going to have very strong pervasive, persuasive authority, although it's not binding on the rest of the 47 states and territories, but Mm -hmm. it is binding on those three states. So it's the first uh, series of victories at the Court of Appeals that anyone has obtained. obtained. But I can tell you also beyond that, the myth, this facade of this so-called trans movement, this whole LGBTQ agenda, it's starting to crumble. And there's a lot of headway that's happening both in the courts with these wins that we just had, as well as in the states and other places throughout the country, and even in Europe as well. For example, just this week, the Florida Medical Boards, they affirmed a total ban on harmful medical procedures for minors, which means no more puberty blockers, no more cross-sex hormones, and no more mutilating surgeries. There is a multi-agency investigation underway right now of a facility in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, this one requires a little bit more explanation because it's quite amazing. It, it is amazing, Matt, and this is really due to a whistleblower that's come forth. That's right. This whistleblower describes herself as queer, that she is married to a, quote, trans man, and politically she is left of Bernie Sanders. That's her words. She said she got into this because she wanted to help kids. She had a medical background before. She was working at this facility in St. Louis for four years, and she then said, I can't be silent anymore. She said that, in fact, they're harming kids. They're giving them these puberty blockers that are causing all kinds of physical and mental and emotional problems, despite the fact that they see it right after they give these puberty blockers, they continue to give it. And when the parents want to stop, they continue to do some of that as well. So they don't give full disclosure as to what the implications of puberty blockers are, but they're, they're going to cause all kinds of problems and sterilize you. Then they give them cross-sex hormones. And then this lady, Jamie Reed, said it breaks her heart when these girls will come in. And they're about a couple of months post-surgery. They've had a double mastectomy. Young girls, kids. And now they're desperately wanting to get their bodies back, but it's a little late by that point in time. When she raises these concerns, they just tell her, you need to get on board or get out. So she went to the governor and the attorney general. Now there's a multi-agency investigation underway. We're going to pick up with this after the break. Matt Staver is with us from Liberty Council, and we're talking about counseling victories versus devastating blockers and surgery. Uh, It is happening, folks, across this nation, and uh, we'll be back to report on more after the break. You're listening to Crosstalk on the VCY American Network. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist and president of the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, many are claiming that birds are modern-day dinosaurs. Can this be true? No, it's not, Chris. Evolutionists must have an evolutionary story that they can tell people, and this is the one that they've chosen to use this decade. But the story isn't even consistent with the facts. Even given the evolutionary interpretation of the dates of the fossils, it doesn't fit. For instance, the first bird in the fossil record is dated by evolutionary standards to be before the dinosaurs, not after. And birds are so different from dinosaurs, it simply is impossible to think that a marvelously designed bird could come from a dinosaur. They are very different. The birds were created on day five of creation week and dinosaurs on day six. 
just like it says back in Genesis. Thanks, Dr. Morris. For more information, you can find us on the web at www.icr.org. Constitutional Attorney Matt Staver with us today from Liberty Council. They've had some victories. Folks, uh, the major news media across this country, they're not going to tell you about this. Uh, They are not going to. They don't want this uh, to spread across the country. Uh, They certainly have been uh, bedfellows to uh, see the, the devastating uh, masquerade continued uh, to give, you know, the, the the foolish thought that one can actually change their gender, that a male can become a female, a female can become a male. Uh, and the, the media narrative continues to push as Hollywood continues to promote it. It's happening in the educational system. And and uh, Matt, the, the numbers are just staggering uh, when you see the, the number of young people that are now going on pu- puberty blockers and, and some that are proceeding forth with surgeries. Uh, and we'll talk about some of the states that are putting a, a, a stop to this. But but the numbers are just off the charts, and, it's, and it's partly due to all of this indoctrination coming in, and also the forbidding of of counselors uh, to to talk to children, uh, you know, to dissuade them from going this direction. Yes, it's really it's a horrible situation because it's damaging irreparably our children. And so, what you have with this Jamie Reed, who worked in this uh, clinic in St. Louis. Uh, she has now become a whistleblower. She worked at the Washington University Transgender Center and was responsible for patient intake from 2018 to 2022 in November of last year. She said she took the job because she wanted to save gender-confused children, but now she believes what is happening is permanent harm. So consequently, she came forward. She approached as a whistleblower the uh, Missouri Attorney General, and the governor of Missouri, the attorney general, has now issued an affidavit and has released her affidavit to the public about what she said was happening. And what she said was happening is that these kids would come in one to two visits. They would come into their clinic, and they would send them out to a doctor that they had already pre-selected. And with one or two visits to this doctor or counselor, they would then get a form letter that they would send to the doctor from that doctor. So they sent the kids to doctors that they pre-selected. They gave the doctor a form letter that the doctor could just fill out and send back to them. With one or two visits, now all of a sudden, boom, they're off on puberty blockers. And these are young kids. They're not told of the consequences. The parents are uninformed about the consequences. And so when the kids go nuts over some of this because it has physical and emotional and psychological kind of repercussions, they continue to do these puberty blockers, and then they put them on cross-sex hormones. One of the things that she found was that there's a lot of comorbidities among Mm -hmm. some of these kids that are coming in, such as depression, anxiety, ADHD, eating disorders, and obesity. Many were diagnosed also with autism or had autism-like symptoms. Interestingly, Jim, what we're finding in other places around the country and even information that's coming from around the world is the same kind of thing. You have these underlying issues that the kids are dealing with. And instead of reaching and helping counselors, helping them get to the underlying issue, they whisk them off onto this avenue of puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and then mutilating irreversible surgery. She also uh, said that uh, these kids were coming in in clusters. So you would have a group of girls come in about the same time to the clinic, one after another after another, or in groups from the same school. When she raised the concern that this was social contagion, meaning that this was like the peer pressure. This was the in-group thing to do. This had nothing to do with anything else. When she raised that concern, uh, she was told to shut up, get on board, or get out. And so on, I mean, she's got this affidavit that goes on and on and on 
uh, with regards to the damage that she sees happening with these kids. So that's why Missouri is now looking at the licensing of doctors, looking at other kinds of things, having multiple agencies. The Attorney General of Missouri says uh, his goal is to make Missouri the safest place for these kids, and we're seeing that happen in Florida. Uh, just this week, Governor Kristi Noem signed a bill in South Dakota that also bans these puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and these mutilating surgeries, and there's other states that are coming on board as well. I believe it's uh, Tennessee is just moving in that direction. Idaho is moving in that direction or has already, and there's other states that are considering this. But it's not just here in the United States. It's also happening around the world. For example, in Europe, the Travistock Institute over there, a very pro-LGBT institute, very infamous for this kind of surgeries and drugs for minors. They're now having um, to shut down because the British Crown is saying no more, no more of this mm -hmm. abuse of our kids. You know, Matt, I was just looking at Fox News just released yesterday about Tennessee, for instance, and the Senate passed it. It was right along party lines, 26 to 6 votes, every Republican voting for it. Uh, those in opposition were uh, uh, Democrats uh, and now goes to the Tennessee House uh, for a vote in Idaho. Uh, again, it was uh, the House of Republicans that passed the bill. Is, is this really a partisan issue? I mean, how is it that that that, you know, some believe that mutilating one's body is OK and 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 sexual confusion is OK and the other does not? You know, that's amazing to see this as a partisan issue. But I think what you're seeing is the complete bankruptcy of the Democratic Party to, number one, push bills and even vote against bills that would ban um, children from being killed after they're born. We saw that already in the U.S. House. There was only, what, two or three Democrats in the House that voted for that bill. Now it's over in the Senate. So they literally are voting to allow children to be killed outside of the womb after they're born. And now on this, you have story after story after story of people coming forth, like Chloe, for example. Mm -hmm. Chloe in California was one of these victims, pushed down this road, had some other different kind of social issues, some emotional concerns that were disturbing her, went to these places, just simply said, I want to be a boy. Uh, with one visit, lo and behold, she's on the road now with puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and surgery and so forth. And then she realizes this is not the panacea that it's presented to be. I still have the issues. And you know what? Now I'm comfortable with the fact that I was born a girl, and I embrace my girlhood, my femininity. But it's a little bit late at that point. All these people yeah. deceived her. There's lots and lots of stories like that, and how these Democrats or anybody, frankly, can listen to or do any research in this area and not have your heart broken so that you want to protect these kids is absolutely unfathomable. It is, Matt. And uh, you mentioned South Dakota. This was their help not harm bill, but it does block minors from accessing puberty blocking drugs, surgeries or hormone therapies in order to change their genders. And what is so appalling, and I saw this on LifeSiteNews.com on Monday, uh, this is a South Dakota State Representative, Aaron Healy, tweeted out, and I'm reading from the tweet, extremist group Family Heritage Alliance said this morning that the safest place for kids are in families that have a married mom and dad, and then said, what a dangerous and un-American belief. It's staggering. Wow. That is staggering. I mean, the studies have shown, and just obvious observation and basic knowledge, kids do best when they're raised with their mom and dad, mother and father, male and female, makes a big difference in the well-being of that child. And it doesn't matter where you do those studies. You can do yeah. those in the most pro-LGBT country in the world, like in the Netherlands, for example, and the results are still the same. So it has nothing to do with how society views people. It has everything to do with how we are innately created by God as male and female and how God created moms and dads, husbands and wives to be that stability that 
area of support and growth for our children. You know, this this legislator also complained about the, with the what she called the grip from fundamentalist groups who believe in nuclear families, uh, saying it was strong at the state legislature that day. And just she was talking about being uh, uh, disgusted by extremist opposition. And, uh, you know, I have to ask me, what is extreme at? You know, uh, and and to, to mutilate one's body, one can never change their sex. One will always be male or female in that regard. But there's another aspect tied to this as well, and that is the suicide rate amongst teens or those who have contemplating suicide that are have been trapped by this transgender ideology or or or, or that of uh, homosexuality as well. It is it is also staggering to see the number of young people that are, that. Are are considering suicide because they have been so indoctrinated into these issues. Yeah, well, you know, uh, Levine under the Biden administration changed uh, his name to Rachel. Rachel Levine says that some LGBT children need to replace parents with quote one supportive adult close quote replace your parents with a supportive you know adult, uh, somebody who's really going to allow them to harm themselves permanently. You know, when you when you look at this issue, uh, you have, you know, this propaganda that has been put out there. You have the social contagion. You have the infection uh, and infiltration of the public schools with this kind of a agenda. In fact, I was talking to somebody earlier today who said that he was encouraging legislators to require classrooms to have cameras, so public schools to have cameras and record the lecture of what goes on throughout the day. I think if you did that, it would ultimately stop some of this intentional propaganda that is happening in our public schools. Some of these schools are, you know, that individuals are joining these schools as teachers or administrators. There's a lot of good people, but there's others that have nefarious motives to go into these schools to literally have as their objective this LGBTQ agenda so that they're giving these kids opposite sex pronouns or whatever pronoun they want. They're putting a wedge between them and their parents. They think they know better. There are children, for example, uh, there was one out in California where a parent did not realize what the school was doing to confuse their kid until it was a little late. And then when that person wanted to try to intervene, the authorities wanted to stop the parent and say that you're the problem for not allowing your kid to have these hormones or surgery. Well, you know what? The the poor little girl uh, committed suicide. We know that Johns Hopkins University was the first institution in the United States to do what then was called SRS, quote, sex reassignment surgeries, close quote. You can't really, you can't change your sex or your gender. You can take hormones and you can do plastic surgery to make yourself look like something else, but you're still male or female. You can't change that. So they started doing that first in the country. But you know what they found? They found that it didn't resolve the mental problems. That's a big surprise, right? Right. And they also found that they had a high rate of suicide of those people who had gone through the program. We're talking today with Matt Staver from Liberty Council. Their website is lc.org, lc.org. Now, you may be in a state or municipality that's trying to put these uh, talk therapy bans into place. Uh, what can you do? Uh, we'll have more information after the break. You're listening to Crosstalk. Our society is being influenced by the entertainment media, and we don't even realize it. Why is it that many Christians entertain themselves by watching movies or programs that take God's name in vain, or feature sensual activity on Saturday night, and then go to church on Sunday to praise His name? That's the underlying message in the DVD, Power of the Air by Dave Cristiano. This moving story features a missionary from Africa who warns that the church in America is being deceived and in great danger. A Christian that hears this message is convicted and makes a significant change in his life and sets out a plan to reach his city with the gospel. 
Watch this story unfold in the DVD, Power of the Air. Available now for a donation of $18, call 1-800-729-9829. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Constitutional Attorney Matt Staver is with us today from Liberty Council. Friends, they're having victories victories in the courts. They're wanting a case to get all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court, challenging these municipalities, uh, states, uh, cities, sometimes counties that say, no, you cannot counsel. You cannot counsel a certain direction uh, with individuals. You must be affirming of, you know, a deviant lifestyle. Uh, That is taking place. And Matt, we know also at the same time that there are States that are becoming what they call, you know, havens for trying to lure young people to run away from your homes. You come here. We will give you the affirming medications or surgeries you desire. California has done this. We know uh, Minnesota right now is is fast progressing t- toward that end. Uh, uh, also, I've got to hear from uh, uh, this is from my, uh, MyNorthwest.com. I believe it's station KTTH. The headline, a Democratic bill lures teens to run away for trans surgeries without parental consent. I mean, th- this is th- this is it's literally scary what's what's happening where they're uh, for teens, young people to come to their state and, and do these surgeries without parental consent. Yeah, you know, this whole bill that was in the news last year in Florida with Governor Ron DeSantis defending it, uh, it was misnamed, yeah. don't say gay bill. Right. Uh, it had nothing to do with that. It said that if you're going to be talking about any of these kinds of things about human sexuality, you need to, number one, have age appropriateness, but number two, most specifically, you need to inform the parents. And so when Disney came out against that, they didn't even want the parents informed. I mean, Disney had been taken over by this radical LGBTQ agenda at the top leadership. And, of course, you know, Florida and Ron DeSantis just went against Disney and said, if you're going to do that, we're going to revoke your special status, which they have done. But that goes to show you how radical some of these are. They don't want the parents to know. And what we're seeing around the country is – And we're getting these calls from parents as well. We had no idea that our child was going to school, had some confusion. And look, a lot of kids have different kinds of questions when they're growing up, particularly in those adolescent teen years. In fact, 85 to 95 plus percent of boys or girls that have confusion about whether they're a boy or a girl or who they are, they naturally grow out of that, naturally grow out of it, with no counseling whatsoever. It's a phase that they go through, and that is supported by lots of statistics. So now you have someone like that that is going through some of these questioning moments of their lives, and then the school starts to affirm that person in the pronoun that has nothing to do with their biological sex and start to treat them in a completely different way and allow them to use the opposite sex restroom or whatever and then not tell their parents. We've actually seen documents, information within schools where they say they intentionally don't want to tell the parents about what's happening. So the kid leads a double life. And when the parents finally find out about it, the kid's already way down the road, not realizing that the school has been undermining the parents and harming the kids. One of the things that happened during COVID when everything went online is parents were able to finally see what was going on in the classroom. Thus, the reason why you see such a massive exodus from the public schools to homeschool or private schools. That's why, you know, I was talking about this person saying, you know, the classrooms ought to have cameras in them so that you can replay that and you can find out. And these teachers can be held accountable. They ought to be accountable to the public about what they're doing to the kids, but this is a problem that has been happening globally. But I can tell you also that this facade is beginning to be lifted, and this wall that they have erected around these kids to encase them and, and really imprison them is beginning to crumble, not just in America, but around the world. So you get these other states 
like Washington and Oregon. Oregon's always been really bad, especially in Portland, where they've had a lot of runaways. California, what you're going to see are some of those situations where uh, they're damaging kids, no question about it. But I think what you're going to see, and you're starting to see this now, are malpractice lawsuits that are coming against these centers, these clinics, and these doctors and counselors that are not doing according to the Hippocratic Oath. They are, instead of do no harm, they are first doing harm, and it's irreparable to these kids. So I think you're going to see more of that. That is starting to happen globally, but it's certainly happening right here in the United States. And I think you're going to see a real stark contrast between some of the common sense approaches that Florida and other places, South Dakota, are taking versus Washington and Oregon. Unfortunately, unfortunately for people like Chloe and others that are having their story heard, there's so many young children, and this is the heartbreaking part of it, that are being damaged every single day by this radical abusive agenda. For life. For life, yeah. I mean, you know, you give your little boy or girl, you know, when they're uh, adolescent or teen, puberty blockers, I mean, the consequences of what's happening to their body with that is significant. You know, these kids are not old enough to make these decisions. In fact, you know, science has confirmed that your brain doesn't fully develop until around age 25. <laughs> you wonder why, you know, why does, why does this 18-year-old make such a stupid decision? Well, it's because their brain's not functioning exactly like yours and mine. It doesn't fully develop until age 25. When you have a 13-year-old kid and now the school, maybe they, maybe they don't fit in as well as the other kids, now all of a sudden they come out and they say, well, I'm homosexual. I'm, I'm you know, no sex. I, I'm the opposite sex. All of a sudden they become treated as the cool kid, the mysterious kid. And so then you start to play on that emotion instead of dealing with the underlying psychological, emotional issue that they're dealing with or maybe even a chemical imbalance that they may be dealing with they push them down this road of irreversible damage. Matt Savers with us today. Friends, if you'd like to get online with us here today, our number 800-733-9829. That's 800-733-9829. Matt, I, I know that there are many across this nation that are concerned what's happening in their schools, what's happening in their communities on this issue, and the the uh, forbidding for certain kinds of counsel to be given uh, to, to youth uh, in particular. Uh, those who who are just devastated by what's going on in their community on this issue, what can they do? Well, there's a couple of things they can do. Obviously, if, if you know something, you can contact Liberty Council. Uh, go to our website, lc.org, and we'll try to work with you and help your situation. But locally, what you ought to do is find out what's happening in your school. And even if you don't have children in school, this affects all of us. Now, how do you do that? Uh, you can write a letter, you can write emails to your local public school and ask them for different policies or anything with regards to LGBTQ, uh, find out what they're doing. Sometimes what we have found out, and I learned this in talking to the co-founder of Moms for Liberty, who was a former school board uh, member, she's a Christian. As a school board member in Florida, she did not realize some of these things that were going on at the local level. So there's the school board policies and the school board meetings and the agenda that you have to pay attention to. But a lot of this is under the school board level policies and practices that are being instituted in the very individual school Mm -hmm. levels. So how do you find out about that? One way is to send a letter, send an email, asking for different documents, asking for any policies that they've got, practices, any communications that they have. You know, their public emails, they're all discoverable uh, for, you know, a request for public information. That's how you find out. And once you find out or you know someone, scream it to the school board. I don't mean scream in a negative way. I'm just saying make it known and get other people on board as well. There is a movement of individuals, particularly moms, that are just fed up. And it really came out of the COVID era where they saw what was happening to their kids in the school, and they saw that some of these schools were not interested in really the well-being of their kids. 
in many cases to the opposite, and now they're pushing back and they're going to the school boards. So that's a way uh, to make a big difference at the school board level. And Matt, individuals can reach out to Liberty Council, correct? And individuals can reach out to Liberty Council. You can go to lc.org or you can call us uh, on our phone number there, which we can give out at the end of the program. Okay, let's go to uh, Julius in Wisconsin. You're on the air, Julius. Yes, hi. Matt, you are doing a wonderful job. It's just the grace of God that's got you uh, trying to perform something here that's just unbelievable to try and turn this thing all around. But we we got to remember, though, the Scriptures is, you know, that we're going to be getting into these tribulation times, and we know the new generations that are coming up is going to be hard to get them to Christ. So all I can th- kind of say is, Try and get the families to Jesus Christ and get baptized in the name of the Lord. And the tribulations is coming. Jesus Christ has got judgment on this country and on the world. We know that. So, But God bless you and your ministry to, to, to fight against this and do the best we can. Thank God you. bless you. Thank you for the call, Matt. Uh, regardless of w- what the last chapter says, we know we win and all of that, but, but we are told to occupy until the Lord does come again. That's right. We know what the last chapter says. We know that with God all things are possible. But we have to live every day, and we have to defend and fight for the lives of our children all around us, uh, because we will be held accountable if we know what to do. We know to do good, and we don't do it. So that is our role. I agree. Obviously, Jesus is the ultimate answer. I mean, you have the two Pulse survivors at the Pulse shooting Mm -hmm. in Florida, Orlando, some years ago. Two incredible young men came out of that, gave their lives to the Lord, and have uh, started the changed movement and are part of this, the change movement. It's all because the Lord changed their heart. Yes, that is a priority, but yes, also, we need to push against all of these abusers that are targeting our children and to defend the well-being of our children. Esther is next from Santa Fe, New Mexico. Esther, you're on the air. Hello, Matt and Jim. Thank you for being in the universe. I'm finding it pretty unfathomable and flabbergasted that doctors take the Hippocratic Oath to do no harm. And shouldn't they know when they have a child in front of them, a prepubescent child or an adolescent child, that their hormones are completely, you know, crazy? and that they're manipulating them and giving them operations and drugs at this most pivotal hormonal, hormonal period in their life. How can they sit there and do that and say that they're doing no harm And when they took this oath as a doctor? That's a great question, Matt. Go ahead. No, I mean, that is a great question, and I've asked myself, how can they do that? How can you have your mind so debased that you would do that just for money? When you have a 14-year-old girl come in, or whatever age it might be, 13, 14, 15, 16, and that girl wants you to amputate both breasts, there's no medical reason for it, they're healthy, and you put that young girl under the surgical knife and you remove her breast. Uh, and you do other things to her with drugs and so forth, how can you go to sleep and live with yourself at night? I mean, how can you do that? And I think it's a blindness by some, but it is absolutely unfathomable. Thank you for the call here. We're going to take a quick break. Our number to Crosstalk, 800-733-9829. Matt Staver with us here today. Yes, with some counseling victories versus the devastating blockers in surgery that's being promoted in a number of areas. Back in one minute, here on Crosstalk. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. Well, here we are. Four objects now have flown into America, are very close at the Canadian border. These apparently are coming from China. Recently, I interviewed Colonel John Mills, retired. He served on the National Security Council for two presidents in the White House. He says this is helping Americans realize that we have not kept up with our national security requirements. After the collapse of the Berlin Wall, Soviet Union supposedly collapsing, we got lax. And now we have massive blind spots. We stopped developing and advancing. They 
China and Russia are on the fifth and sixth generation warfare, and we're not ready. So again, are they testing us? Yes, they are, and they see our blind spots. And the purpose of government, security, and protection is clearly being viewed for what it is today, a failure. I'm Brandon House. This is Crosstalk on VCY America with the constitutional attorney, Matt Staver of Liberty Council, their website, lc.org. Let's go right back to the phone line. Zach is calling from River Falls, Wisconsin. Zach, you're on the air. Hi. Um, So I was having a conversation with my pastor, and I said, Christian parents shouldn't be putting their children in public schools because of agendas like this and many more taking place. Uh, The pastor responded and said, sending your kids to public school isn't a sin. How would uh, y'all respond to something like that? Well, I would not necessarily cross the board say that it's a sin. I mean, there's a lot of different situations in people's lives uh, and lots of different considerations. But I would not um, encourage anybody, in fact, I would actually encourage them the opposite, to take the kids out of public schools. And you might say, well, you know, but they can be salt and light in the public schools. Yeah, that's uh, that's a that's an argument. I understand that. But frankly, a lot of these kids, it's this is a war zone that has happened within the public schools, and it's been an agenda that has gone on for some time. Going back to John Dewey, this was the agenda that he wanted to ultimately infiltrate and move God out of the the schools and take over a whole generation. And the best way to do it is through our public education system. And it has become very effective in doing so, especially with some of these agendas we're seeing now. They're not prepared to take on that culture war. Put them in a situation where they are surrounded by other support, Christian environment, and clearly um, good teaching uh, within either homeschool, if you're able to do it, which is obviously the, the preferred way, or in some private Christian school, And make sure that the private Christian school is not just a school with some warmed-over prayer at the beginning and at the end, and then they call it Christian and everything else is secular. Make sure that they're really committed to teaching biblical worldview. Thank you, Zach. And that's another whole topic in itself. But uh, we are seeing as we're talking about this very issue, it's coming from beyond the public schools. It's in every facet of our society, from every unit of local government, the, the libraries that children uh, visit, to the, uh, the, the, the educational programs on television, to just general television itself. Uh, it, it's coming from uh, every single fac- facet of society here today and even through uh, the, uh, medical uh, associations as well, and uh, truly, truly devastating. Zach, we appreciate your input on that. And Denise is next in Somerset, Kentucky. You're on the air. Hi. I was just thinking about the love of money in our country is the root of all evil, and it seems like it's blowing down to you're going to have to choose between your jobs, your houses, your cars, and your children of what, you know, even in, in across the board in every aspect of life with our military and with our nurses and doctors, all of them were put in a position where they had to either give up their, their money or serve God, one of the two. And so uh, my question is, too, with this uh, toolbox with the governor of Kentucky, with the Common Core curriculum, they were given uh, monetary incentives before they even knew what they had to teach. So it's progressing to this point. So our governor, he's this toolbox where they could be anything they want. I wonder if the teachers have to comply to that. And I wonder, the other question is, is this taxpayer money that's funding uh, these operations and things on these kids? Well, it is taxpayer money that that they're doing this with. Uh, that's why I think, you know, I support very strongly school choice, that parents have the right to be able to choose. Uh, and and what unfortunately what's happening is the taxpayer funding is funding these schools. And with regards to the Common Core, there were uh, an organizations like Gates and others, particularly Gates, but they were funding this Common Core, and they were putting it out there with nonprofit organizations that they were paying uh, lots of money too to promote uh, the Common Core. They were also doing that in the schools. Obviously, they had an agenda, just like you saw with Gates doing that, and others doing that with regards to the election. So, uh, we need to investigate that. We need to make sure that parents have choices, 
And we need to, I think, collectively push back more about what's happening in our schools. Look, this actually is the future of our country. Some of the issues that we're seeing today, I mean, this generation that we're seeing right now, the young generation, um, which would be more the, the Gen Z type of generation, they're having an escalated higher risk of suicide and depression. Where is that coming from? Well, look at the environment that they've been raised in. They're raised in a completely different environment than what we have been raised in, and a lot of it is the social contagion that this uh, whistleblower in Missouri is talking about, the social contagion that's happening within the school system. And thank you here for the call. And even as far as the treatments and the surgeries, I mean, when you have states saying come to our state without parental, you know, support, et cetera, uh, yes, you can rest assured taxpayer dollars is going into this. Uh, one further call, Charleston, Illinois. Tony, you're on the air. Hey, brothers. Thank you for taking the call. We all know that it takes a male and a female to reproduce, to make offspring. My question is, when they chop up these men, these males, and make them females, and they take females and try to turn them into males, have anybody even thought any farther on this, on how are we going to repopulate the earth if we have no way to do that sort of thing? I mean, have we really went that far, or, or is nobody even thinking about it? Oh, yeah. So, it's a, thank you. Thank you for, your, for taking my call, yeah. and, I'll, and I'll let you even comment on Great. it. Thank you. Well, they're thinking about it, uh, interestingly, in two ways. Uh, one, they're thinking about it because they, they want, um, you know, male and female to create the babies, and then they're going to adopt them. That's number one. And they want us just to go ahead and create them so they can adopt the kids. Number two, uh, there's actually doing some research now on artificial wombs, which is mm-hmm. unbelievable, that they could create an artificial womb and put it in a man and then fertilize that artificial womb. I mean, it's yeah. how all that would happen. It's unbelievable. But yes, they are going down this unethical treatment path or research path. Uh, the fact of the matter is, though, you know, the science has long said, and no matter where you are in the world, it's conclusive that children do best when they're raised with a mother and father. And they do best when they're raised with their biological mother and father. Uh, and they score best on every conceivable category, and that's no matter where those studies are done around the world. So children are under attack because the secularists want to literally boot God out of our system, out of our society. The way to do that is to destroy those that are created in his very image. Matt Stiver with us today on Crosstalk. Folks, their website, lc.org, lc.org. You may reach out to them by phone at 407-875-1776. Matt, thank you for being with us today. Thank you. My pleasure, Jim. Friends, keep Liberty Council in your prayers. They are winning these battles, folks, and uh, they're seeking to expand that outreach across the nation as well. God bless you, folks. Thanks for joining us today on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from CrosstalkAmerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.